Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. So welcome to the um, latest episode of Inspiring Futures. Um, I'm delighted that um, I'm going to be talking to a really interesting creative team from RGA, uh, Chloe, Zach, and Maddie, who've uh, come up with a sort of brilliant initiative in the middle of the COVID uh, crisis to um, do brilliant things for small local neighborhood businesses. So we're going to be talking about that and other stuff, hopefully, in the in the time. So I'm going to hand it over to one of them just to briefly introduce themselves. So Chloe, you want to start? Hi, yeah. So I'm Chloe Saintlin. Um, I'm an Australian senior copywriter currently at RGA in New York where I work with these guys. Um, I've been at RGA for around a year and a half now, um, working on all sorts of clients, um, mainly work with Zach, but also work with Maddie on projects like this um, that we sort of pursue in our own time. Uh, prior to RGA, I was at TBWA uh, in Sydney, where I worked for around four years. And before that, a small um, sustainability communications agency where I was a strategist. Um, so yeah, that's my spiel. Awesome. You guys next, Zach? Sure, I'll do it. Um, it's a spiel, Chloe. Um, FYI, it's a spa. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm Zach. Uh, I'm an associate creative director at RGA New York um, on the art side. Um, this is actually my second run at RGA. I was actually here um, probably four years ago, and I kind of took a little bit of a stint uh, at some different agencies like Droga 5 and Anomaly in between, uh, but I've since kind of boomeranged. Um, and kind of on the side, I, I also like to do a lot of kind of you know, you know, not quite advertising-y, advertising-ish ideas, um, you know, as much as I can to kind of keep me creatively sane outside of, um, you know, day-to-day. Like what, what kind of things, what are examples um, of that? Uh, I've, worked on a, um, I've worked on a pop-up exhibition uh, with Planned Parenthood at the Ace Hotel in New York um, to talk about kind of reproduct- reproductive rights, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 um, you know, a couple of various other, you know, side projects that all kind of are about making things and not like, you know, just straight up ads. Great. Awesome. Um, Maddie? Um, hi, I'm Maddie Woodward. Um, and I'm the second Australian in the group. Um, I've been at RGA for maybe two years now, um, as an associate creative director um, on the visual design side. Um, I'm relatively new to advertising before RGA. I was um, the design director at Ace Content, which is a kind of subsidiary of Anomaly here in New York. Um, and then before that, I ran my own um, Australian made uh, skincare company, which essentially brought me to New York. Um, yes, yeah, so that's why I'm here. That was fantastic. Great. So um, let's just give us a just a, have you guys give us a quick one-liner of the idea. What was? What, how would you describe very simply in like fifteen seconds what your what your your um, idea is, and then we'll talk about the genesis. 
Um, sure. Um, in in a, the, the IMDB tagline would be um, a not-for-profit um, initiative that connects um, small businesses and small business owners um, in New York City uh, and soon to be nationally um, with uh, leading artists and designers who create uh, unique specific merchandise to be sold um, with all profits kind of going to uh, the business owners and the staff um, themselves. Yeah, brilliant. So it probably seems like a year ago since you sort of dreamt up the idea. Could, could, could you take us through a little bit of like how, how, how it came into being, the, the first sort of like seedlings of the idea and how, and how you got together at the early stages to, to bring this to life? Yeah, I mean, you know, like everyone else, um, we saw our favorite small businesses having to close because of what was happening with COVID. And, you know, at the same time, we saw this huge outpouring of support on social media where people everywhere were calling on other locals to buy gift cards and merchandise um, from their favourite local businesses as a way to support them during this time. Uh, but I guess what was really sad for us to see was that a lot of our favorite places, um, not just bars and cafes, but you know, laundromats and every sort of local business that we love, a lot of them were very traditional mum and pop shops um, that didn't really have the resources or the knowledge to be able to sell, you know, these sort of things or even have an online presence at all. Um, so we saw that kind of happening and then, you know, obviously a lot of creatives were trying to think of ways to help um, in this time and we just sort of connected the dots and thought, you know, what if we created a platform where we did connect the dots and connected these creatives wanting to help with small businesses and create this merchandise that they wouldn't otherwise be able to make and sell it on our platform so they don't need to worry about it and then give them all of the profits. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, we had the idea and then we put a deck together and we pitched it to the senior leadership at RGA and they just immediately saw the potential in the idea. And, um, they saw that, you know, there was this role that RGA and the broader New York creative community could play in helping these small businesses during this time. So the ball just sort of got rolling from there. So, this is kind of um, Sorry, who was, who was who wanted to say something? Oh no, Someone? I was gonna say, I was gonna like kind of add to that. Um, but like, yeah, and like it was kind of scary how quickly they said yes to like a project that, yeah. you know, for us, it was like, we kind of proposed it. And it's one of those like kind of like ideas that are like lofty ideas that like may or may not get approved, probably not. Um, and then it just sort of quickly happened. And we were like, oh wait, wow, we need to like assemble a pretty serious team now. <laughs> This is not a so, so was it was it was it like a was was there like a sort of a, 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 a open call in the agency that was the initial catalyst or was it just st stuff was happening randomly was it was it an was it initiative from an high we got to do something or was it just like organic yeah I think it was actually I think it was actually like predominantly on Slack, right? I think like yeah. we just kind of hit up the people that we knew would be perfect for the job. I mean, that's how I got involved. Sam mm. had like shot me a DM being like, hey dude, like, you know, we, we had just come off the back of doing Helvetica, that like terrible kerned version of uh, the Helvetica proper, um, mm. which is the first time we'd actually worked together. So I think off the back of that, Zach hit me up being like, hey, we need some design. 
are you, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? I think that's kind of how the thing kind of bubbled up and grew. Yeah. And then it was just a matter of people recommending other people who would be good to build the site. And it just sort of was more word of mouth amongst our friends at RGA and people yeah. who just sort of heard about it and wanted to get involved as opposed to like an open call out. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it just sort of built its own momentum internally through, through the Slack channels, through just yeah. conversations you guys were having. Yeah. So, so what was the first, what was the first, who was the first business you, you helped? Um, we actually released six simultaneously on the first day um, that we launched. Um, the first business technically in the uh, order of operations of the, uh, was, who was technically the first business actually? Um, there was six that dropped on the first day. Um, mm -hmm. It was Keg and Lantern, uh, which is a bar in Greenpoint. Lighthouse, um, I think might've been the first. Oh, Lighthouse may have been yeah, the first. I think so. Um, Lighthouse is a Israeli owned, uh, restaurant in Williamsburg. Um, we had a barber shop, um, in the East village, Astor place or Astor place, uh, hairstylist. Um, and we just, yeah, we, we really, and then we had a laundromat as well. Um, and the kind of key thing was to launch kind of with a diverse range of businesses that kind of span the spectrum of industries. Um, so it just really kind of, you know, asserted our, our sort of, you know, goal to kind of reach as many types of businesses that are often kind of overlooked. You know, it's easy for us to think about like the bars and the restaurants that we love to go to, but we kind of start to forget about like, oh yeah, we totally got our haircut there. Um, or, yeah. you know, we always bought magazines there or something like that. Um, and those are kind I of things that we tried to hit initially and, and continue. I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of like, bars and restaurants as well like they already had merch and we're already selling merch i think yep. we were also trying to find trying to reach out to people like the laundromat that just did it just don't sell merch essentially didn't, probably didn't have the resources um, so that was kind of what we built our foundation on i mean there are some restaurants that we've that we've teamed up with um but generally we try and help the people that really need it yeah, the smart. So, so in the in the in the first round of six, the designs were all yours, or had you already reached out to designers at that point? Um, no, they were all. Uh, I mean, they were they were all designers that came on board. Yeah. Um, we were lucky enough to snag uh, Debbie Millman uh, for the for the first round, name. which was a small, insignificant name in the design world. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we kind of we kind of you know got out of the gate pretty quickly with that one. Um, but again, it was just like hitting up our networks, like Ilya, uh, Ilya Milstein, who's a fantastic New York based, uh, illustrator. Mm -hmm. Um, I had met at a party one time through a friend. So that was like an immediate, you know, quick connect. Um, and I think it was, yeah, just kind of relying on our networks to get that first six or well, that first twelve kind of on board. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see kind of how the process of outreach kind of evolved because mm -hmm. at first you kind of have no businesses on board, so it's hard to get artists on board. And if you have no artists on board, it's hard to get businesses on board. Yeah, um, yeah it's like the whole no supply-demand marketplace. Like, <laughs> If you have no proof of concept, there's no reason to believe that these restaurants like, are, and, and, and businesses like actually understand and know that you're real and like credible. Um, a few businesses actually first blocked us on Instagram because they thought we were like a scam or spam. Um, mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, wait, right. We don't have a website live yet. We don't have an Instagram. Like, and these people are telling us they can give us free money. That sounds sketchy. <laughs> um, 
But of course, so you, can't really blame, you can't really blame them, can you? You know, no, no, I was like, yeah, title. in a pandemic. So, yeah. So was the um, so just just explain a little bit the process that, that you're, you're looking for designers, but you're also looking for businesses. Is that does the designers have the role in, in helping you find the business? Or yeah. Are you about, oh, they do. So so you're going to design, you're saying find a local business that you love with all the kind of brief criteria that you said at the beginning and then yeah. come up with them. And then whose responsibility is it to, to liaise with them and, and, and work with them through the, the machinations of... I get... Oh, sorry. I guess our selection of businesses and finding businesses has really evolved as we've gained popularity. Um, for the first launch round, it was sort of a combination of, as the guys said earlier, you know, thinking about ones that we thought would be a great you know, fit for launch. And then also designers saying, you know, like I would love to do, like in Debbie Millman's case, I would love to do a story of bookshop. But after launch, um, we started receiving emails from businesses wanting to participate who had wonderful stories that we thought should absolutely be included. And then also locals reaching out saying, you know, you should do this place. The community loves them. They're like the heartbeat of our, you know, community. So then from there, it's sort of become this combination of designers designing for their like cherished local places, you know, selecting a few that we've seen in our inbox that have really powerful stories. And then, yeah, just sort of curating from there. Um, a really nice example is Casa Magazines that was in our most recent um, round of drops. And that actually came about as a result of a couple of locals emailing us just saying, you know, there's this magazine store here in the West Village and everyone loves the owners, Muhammad and Ali um, mm -hmm. and Happy, I think is the other person. Um, and, you know, they love them so much that that the locals themselves are actually running their Instagram and set it up and just running their Instagram. And they're like, that just, you know, shows how much people value them as a business. And so we were like, absolutely will include them. And we paired them up with Matt Wiley, um, who has yeah. actually designed for the New York, is it the New York um, magazine? New York, um, Times Magazine. New York Times Magazine. And so it was just a really nice fit with him having that history. And then, you know, the business being such a loved, like, yeah. spot. And that was one of our most popular collabs ever. Um, yeah, like, I, I think definitely kind of like leaning toward community institutions. Um, and those don't typically you know, that aren't typically the kind of hipper, more kind of plugged into social media, like the places that are kind of cool because of, you know, not because of their design or their branding, but because of like the community and, and like their, their role in the community. Um, yeah. There's kind of like a little bit of a difference there. Um, and, and yeah, and, and it's really, it's really been interesting to see how like community led some of these institution kind of places have become. Um, uh, on a number of occasions we've had to like you know assist or literally log into the businesses uh, uh, business profile on Instagram to help them upload or guide or direct them to how to share the assets um, which is very much kind of like the, the 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 type of place that we're looking to kind of connect with um, so so I mean this thing this what do, what do you guys feel about the sort of 
feel about it now? I mean, obviously, it's gone beyond your wildest dreams from, first of all, like um, getting it approved by the senior leadership to now where it's kind of, it, it's kind of being, you're planning to roll it out. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we just want, we just want to do more. We just want to help more businesses work with more artists. Like I think we're, uh, we're launching Austin shortly and we have just some amazing artists that have come on board for that. So we're super excited about like keeping it going, you know, the idea of a second or third New York drop, just kind of seeing where that goes. Yeah. I think like as it's kind of snowballed and as the project has kind of grown, it's like for every business that you help, there's like 50 more that want help yeah. and all have yeah. compelling yeah. and yeah. like all that we want to help. Um, so I, it's, it's that's honestly, right. that was going to be one of my questions, which was there's sort of like, there's just, the, the, there's more, there's more people out there that need help than you can possibly help. Mm. I, I guess that's, you know, just manning the inbox. It's every single day we're just getting all of these requests from businesses and all of them share their story and about the impact that COVID has had. And it's just so sad. And I guess like we would love to scale so mm. quickly and be able to help everyone. Mm. Um, but the reality is just, you know, one day at a time. What do you, what do you feel about, I, I mean, I've just, I've done a bit of stuff in the past where I had this, I had this thing called planning for good. And the idea was basically that there were about 3,000 strategists around the world who take on a brief from a non-for-profit. And it was originally, it, what my thinking was, the agencies took on non-profit business because they wanted the awards, right? So there's always a quid pro quo. But if you flatten, if you kind of flatten that out and just said, okay, we're all in this thing together, there's no agency credit. Um, you can actually sort of do more. And I wonder, you know, that's kind of a, you know, it's kind of an interesting point where, you know, you, you are the initiators and you are the creators, but really to be at its best and to scale, it might make sense to try and hand some of the, the stuff to others to be part of a consortia that you initiate. It sounds, sounds a crazy idea, but maybe that could be something in the future i think i think that's an interesting question i think a lot of people actually who've kind of reached out who are like i understand that you guys are really busy um and don't have the the personal kind of capacity or bandwidth to to do kind of insert town here um across the country um but a number of people we're like, is what's like a general kind of like framework, like kind of what's like a playbook? Like we actually did have to create a playbook for some additional cities that were rolling out the um, the initiative in. Um, but yeah, like if, if there was sort of a way, I guess I hadn't really considered making it public, but we, you know, had kind of discussed like, you know, is there just a way where we can kind of do like a step-by-step -step guide of like how to, how to start a similar initiative in your own community? Um, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, one of, one, of, one of my other questions is just how emotional are you finding this? Because, I mean, I think you start, you start off with like, yeah, my local magazine store or my local laundrette's in trouble. I mean, I've done a little photo project weeks ago, which was just the shuttered, the shuttered doors of all the restaurants in my neighborhood. I mean, it's just, it's just overwhelming when you go out there. 
And yeah. and so how do you how do you die, how do you guys you know cope with the the because it's like it's an emotional thing, right? I mean mm. you 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 guys are like looking to help these businesses. You're you're doing yeah so much more than other people, but there's a limit to your capacity. And I'm sure you're hearing stories every day. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all probably cried on the phone or and like or or with an owner who you know, who you know, you're really seeing both sides of the spectrum here. Like you're really getting into the nitty gritty life of like, you know, we hear about all these businesses and how it's impacting small businesses, but talking to small business owners who, you know, have to regrettably lay off staff or you know, yeah. or, or let go of something that's been so important to them for decades. Um, it really is powerful talking to a lot of these owners. I mean, uh, it, an indication of just of, of just how special it was to a few, actually, the owners of Punjabi Delhi actually reached out to us and the artist Matt Starr um, and actually invited us over for dinner um, at their at their family's house just to express their gratitude. Um, that's yeah. just a token of, you know, of really yeah. the significance yeah, yeah. And, what this means and, and value that it can, you know, that it gives to, to the families. Yeah, I mean, I, like, sorry. Well, I was just going to add, like, we really have had so many phone calls where the store owners have been in tears and it's definitely just been a very, um, emotional experience um, going on the journey with these businesses, but also at the same time, it does feel good, you know, being able to actually help them in a way where, you know, it's what they need most. They just need money right now at the end of the day. And it does feel good being able to help them in that way. And I think I just wanted to add, like, you know, this started out with us just wanting to help our favorite local businesses. And I think it's also been an amazing eye-opening experience um, learning about other incredible small businesses run by such amazing people all over the city. And I think, you know, a great example is our final drop for the last round of New York City collabs was for La Mirada, uh, which is in South Harlem. And they emailed us. Um, none of us had ever heard of them. But as we learned about their story, they're truly just incredible people and it's run by a family of undocumented immigrants and they're, you know, huge activists in their local community and it's a restaurant, but it's so, you know, a gathering place um, as well. And they have a library, they have poetry, you know, they house like organizers who are, you know, like advocating for certain causes and that sort of thing. And because they're undocumented immigrants, they're not eligible for any aid or assistance or anything. So it just, it, it was so it was emotional, you know, learning about, you know, how much they've particularly suffered during this, but it also felt really good being able to do this for them and give everyone who loves them a way to help them during these times. You have, have you had people in, have you had people in the agency come forward and just say, can I chip in, can I help? I'm sure you have, right? People just, what can I do? Totally. And I think that's, you know, it's super important right now as we scale to get more hands on deck because it's definitely taking yeah. up a lot of our days. Yeah. I mean, the other, th the other thing I was wondering is, um, do you kind of, do you kind of report out? I mean, I mean, you just got enough time, you've got enough challenges just managing what you have. Right. But it seems like it, it's sort of, like a, a, it's a weird jujitsu move. Like RGA, in my mind, you know, understands the digital landscape 
um, and does it for big companies. But now you've got this like long tail of small businesses. Mm. And, you know, there's, there's, there's one thing which is getting them money, which I think is, you find was great. You know, this is a way to get them. But then there's the other point, which is, what, you, what is a, is a, and it may just be too much for you guys to think about, but maybe it's like something you get some others, another team to like think of like, what, are, what are, how can we think about these businesses and, and help them pivot into something? So you have these, you maybe you have these classes of business that you, and I love the idea that they're not the, the hip and the cool and they're the, the guys who don't get social media and they don't do this. It's almost like there's another stream of work of like what else, because you can't do everything, but they need more than this. And maybe there's something you guys can do. <laughs> I'm, sort of, I'm sort of rambling, but uh, I, have, I don't know if I got my point across. No, I mean, like, we're definitely thinking about ways to support these businesses beyond merchandise in the future. Um, I also, like, something that we've also been thinking about is, you know, because of the huge um, demand from designers and creatives who have emailed us being like, how can I help assign me a business to create merch for? We're also thinking about ways that we can connect these designers and creatives um, willing to help with these small businesses and just sort of let them go off and, you know, do their own thing um, to help them, you know, get that creative support quicker. Yeah. What has been, what have been, uh, what would you say have been the biggest challenges? I mean, other than the sort of volume of like businesses that want to be part of this, have, have there been logistical challenges or just, I think running an e-commerce business or I think like, yeah, I think like the internal challenges are, you know, like we did it like, you know, realizing that we've actually made a business, just like a regular idea, you know, it's like, which, which requires us to like, you know, become customer service agents, like become, you know, quality control, become community managers to become all of these other roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's a really, it's a really, I mean, it's almost, you've created, you know, you created a monster, right? And that it's a is monster. the exact word our producer Alexa used um, last week when we announced, I think this is like a great example for what we're talking about right now, when we announced the restock that was going up of all our most popular collabs at 9am last week. And I was actually in the line at Trader Joe's um and at 9 a.m and at 9 a.m on the dot because the stock sometimes takes a little while to actually go live on the site for some people like the collabs that they had like set their alarms for weren't up yet and all of a sudden my phone because it's logged into the merch aid instagram started blowing up with messages at 9 a.m on the dot from at least like 25 people asking why they weren't live on the site yet and there were some people on the West Coast who had like set their alarms early so they could be up for it. And, you know, obviously it was going to go up in like a couple of minutes. It was just like that tech yeah. delay. Yeah. But our producer said like we've created a monster. And it's so amazing to see like, you know, we've built a thing that people will be up and set an alarm for and be refreshing trying to get it. But at the same time, it's like, wow, okay, we, we, this is not a campaign. Like this is a, essentially a business that 
we are accountable for. Yeah, because no one, no one, no one, no one's reading the small print and saying, "By the way, I these guys also have full time jobs." No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean, like, that part like, of it. you're expected to be like Amazon level level quality of experience with you know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to know, to like to think about the level of like you know the the expectation of, of customer service that people are used to now and responsiveness that people are used to on social media. You put that on top of your day job, which is you know still quite hectic, <laughs> and it's and it's really interesting. Like you well, know, Andrew, Andrew, and yeah, you got you're compounded by the work from home. We're doing this on Zoom, and you know how do we do everything on Slack? Where you could you know in, in prior life you could. You could have, you know, rushed into a room and put a bunch of post-it notes up on a wall and, you know. Totally. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, also down to, you know, manufacturing and shipping and delivery. Like, obviously, the stress of COVID. Um, yeah. It, we, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been interesting with customers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very thankful that it isn't just us three working on this. I think if it was, we definitely couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, we have a, a really fantastic team um, of people at RGA that are really kind of helping us, you know, turn the gears, get orders out, organize all the production, you know, shout out to Erica and everyone. It's like such a, such a great solid team that we've put together. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you, when, you know, when you go, when you, when you go back, did the, did the, did the people who approved the project realize that, that they created a monster too? They're so excited by yeah. it. That's awesome. So yeah, so you, yeah, the you know, um, you know, it's one thing having the idea; it's the other thing executing it, and then it's the other thing being prepared to run with it. You know, exactly. That takes a lot, right? And we're so thankful for the support um, that we've had from the senior leadership at RGA, um, because you know it would have been easy just to launch this, get that press. Um, yeah. that, you know, RGA was doing this initiative and then just sort of wrap it up. Um, but yeah. we're so thankful that they've not only committed to, you know, continuing New York because they've mm. seen the amazing impact mm. it's had, but also, you know, have RGA offices help out expand to new cities. Um, have so, you yeah, any, have, any, have you had any conversations with uh, RGA offices outside of the US? Uh, yeah, we have. Um, there's yeah. definitely been... Um, some international audiences, um, for example, um, not audiences, offices, um, yeah. like London, who have reached out just saying this would work so well for our city. Um, and, you know, would you consider working with us to activate it here? Um, so, you know, never say never. We're obviously, you know, focusing on Austin and LA, but then who knows? So, so when you, t if you take a step back, um, what, what do you think people in agency, what, what do you think the, the, not the lessons of one business and devoting time, because I think that's, you know, obviously understandable and, and you have to have a culture and a leadership that supports you to do that. But what do you think? Cause I think we're used to dealing with clients with big budgets, right? Or with budgets, you know, who have a, who have a marketing person and have a budget assigned to do things. You're at the opposite end of the scale where, mm -hmm. You know, what, what do you think some of the things, the sensitivities and things that people who are trying to do something and, and just maybe they don't even realize the, the significance of, of, you know, these small businesses should, 
should think about, you know, is the, is the, I mean, I'll just give you an example. Um, it's, it's related on, on a street down from me. This is about two years ago. There was, um, there was a, like a camping store, like a kind of like a mini REI type thing. It was just kind of interesting. And I always wondered, you know, it was clearly like a passion project for people who just loved getting out of the city and, you know, and wanted to sell gear. And then sort of a year into it, they just closed. The thing just shut it. But they wrote this super emotional letter and they sent it to the door. And it basically said, guys, if you don't understand what a neighborhood is, and you don't local businesses, basically shame on you. And if you can, if you continue to go to Amazon, <laughs> you will not have a neighborhood. Mm. And it was just the most, you know, it was an eye-opening piece that just got me thinking. And I think this is something similar, you know, that you, you know, people, you know, some people get it, but there's a lot of people going on Amazon mm. and there's a whole debate now about even Grubhub and, you know, they're taking 30% out of restaurants that are struggling, doesn't, right? So any, th any thoughts you kind of like, in terms of like promoting a consciousness around businesses that you think people should think about? Who wants to answer? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. I think um, um, in general kind of, um, this idea that like, you know, um, this kind of, yeah, it's, um, trying to figure out how to word it. Um, the idea that like, you know, we're kind of this idea that like, we, we love living in these communities because of places that, you know, because of the places that live there. And I also think that like, um, uh, a big part of kind of, for some of these restaurants too has been realizing that wow they actually do have this kind of like local community around them and that's like getting people excited um uh um yeah yeah no, i mean that, that makes sense you know and and the, the the people they don't understand how much people appreciate them and then they recognize start to recognize it yeah totally and, and, i think you know there's really this sense i mean it's very real like the whole you don't know what you've got till it's gone i think something that's you know really come out of what's happened with COVID is this unprecedented appreciation for local businesses um and as they've closed people have really you know rallied around them like i've never seen before and i think for creatives especially it's also been amazing seeing all the other initiatives popping up whether it's you know merch initiatives helping out like, you know, hospitality workers or, you know, initiatives like uh, Welcome to Chinatown, which is setting up, you know, websites for businesses that don't have an online presence. It's definitely been amazing seeing how locals have been using their skill sets to help these super small businesses um, just survive this crisis. Chloe, when we, talk, when we talked earlier, like the pre-call, I was talking about the Lee Initiative yeah um and make mark getting mm -hmm. behind it i mean i do sort of find it strange that some of the fundamental infrastructural players 
in small business is kind of MI. They're on the sidelines. I mean, Square's got a site and it says, well, you know, look at the site and it's like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you how to do website and stuff. But it just seems like they're not really doing, they could, there's many opportunities for brands to kind of step in a little bit more that they don't seem to be doing. I may not be deep in the weeds as you are, and you may be seeing things, but I'm surprised that the Visas, the Amexes and the Squares and the Mastercards and those other guys are just, you know, they may have something on their website, but it doesn't, they don't seem to be making commitments. Yeah, I mean, I can say that there's definitely been a lot more manifesto, we'll get through this TVCs than, you know, actual action-based initiatives helping these small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it really does feel like an enormous kind of grassroots shift. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how people's relationships, big businesses also change after this. Mm -hmm. um, totally. You know, um, in the same way that like, you know, or like, and some of these bigger companies and also like kind of the reliance and, you know, it's sort of been an awakening for a lot of people in the country about a lot of the, you know, the, you know, the structure of, you know, like our government, are we set up like, you know, help out the small guys as much as, you know, so it's really interesting to see how like a lot of these grassroots movements seem to have been born out of lack of like government aid and funding at the same time. Um, because all of the businesses, you know, many of the businesses that we've talked to and spoken to are not eligible or have not received their like, you know, SBA loans. Um, so it just kind of goes to show that like, you know, structurally there's also, you know, it's, it's tough for a lot of these businesses and, and a lot of the ones that we've spoken to either, you know, hardly, you know, we've actually had some people that have had to negotiate with business owners for us who speak Mandarin um, to communicate with them. So it's like, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see just kind of all of the types of barriers that kind of get in the way. Um, for even the help that is available for them to get help. So it really does kind of, um, that's why I feel like we've seen a lot more kind of outpouring from, you know, grassroots movements that understand and are kind of on the ground with these places day in and day out, um, helping them. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really fascinating. You know, the whole idea of what, what, what this, I was watching, um, there's a name Klein uh, documentary on Argentina in the 2003, 2004 crisis. And what happens, you know, 50% of the Argentine population went below the poverty line. 50%. Um, and they had all these kind of like shuttered factories that they were basically, they didn't really, couldn't really reopen them. And um, they were basically like middlemen coming around, working out how much scrap metal was in the machines that they could be sold. And so it became this movement where the workers literally broke into these factories and started them up again. And there's just, it became sort of political movement because the suit manufacturer, then there was a tractor manufacturer. And it was just like, it was like people rising from the ground and taking over these businesses. And, you know, they pay each other the same wage. Everyone would get the same wage, but they'd have a job. It's really, it's really fascinating. Um, and here you've got the, you know, with the stimulus package and everything else, just favoring 
those who have access. Uh, as you said, the little guys are getting squeezed out. So what happens long term, you know, you know, can can these businesses get the support to survive, I think is obviously the the, the question, you know. That's unanswerable. Mm. At an important time. I guess we can only wait and see. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do love the fact that it, it seems to really have invigorated like local communities. And, I, and I'm hoping that more like kind of local local kind of activism and is kind of birthed out of some of this. And, you know, that people do feel kind of inspired to take this up on, you know, on a on a on a city level, on a, on a neighborhood level and, and really kind of start looking out for you know, how to enact change on a larger scale, because it's obviously not going to be solved with, you know, a t-shirt initiative, uh, a merch initiative, but it is a way to get people fired up and excited to, to sort of, you know, act and, and, and sort of, and work toward change and building that change in their own neighborhoods and their communities. Um, is that something you thought about? Like, I guess, I, cause I don't, I haven't interrogated just, I have to apologize. I haven't interrogated your site detail enough. It seems like an opportunity there and um, to make extra donations or to take action when you're buying a t-shirt. I mean, I like the idea that you, you know, you're, you're making a financial contribution. You're also making a statement and you're, you're kind of like visible visibility and an emotional commitment, but there's maybe there's other like actions you could build. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know. Have you, I don't know, it's something like, I don't know, I haven't thought it through properly, but I, I, I like the idea that you know, it's just a start. You know, like the t-shirt is the start, the bag is the start of something and um, the start of a new future or whatever and that other things can be built upon it. I mean, maybe that's not your responsibility. Maybe that's just someone who buys it has to think that way. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, if we can inspire people who buy t-shirts and who buy, you know, art prints and totes to think differently about their community and to, mm -hmm. and to go and actively consider supporting more of the places within their community, I think we've kind of done our job. Yeah. Um, and, and I can't tell you just the amount of people that, you know, had never considered, you know, you know, uh, you know, there being a way to support a Punjabi deli or, or a laundromat or whatever it is right now and just how excited they are to actually do that and how they've now gone on to buy five, six, seven different shirts for businesses that they don't even know just because they're inspired to give back into the community. Mm -hmm. And also, to understand what it means for other places in those communities. And it's also just been super inspiring to see you know as people are receiving their merch seeing them post all over their social um calling like posting images and then also calling on their networks to support local um oh, through yeah. an just seeing it pH part yeah amazing yeah yeah, yeah. so it, you know it, it it accelerates and and spreads just again yeah organically yeah that's exactly awesome. yeah so that's also been really inspiring to see. I can't, I mean, we've covered a lot. It's been amazing. <laughs> it's I'm been sure a I'm nice opportunity like... just to reflect. I mean. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super, I'm, you know. Oh, I mean, I was going to just talk about, I was just going to kind of end on the value exchange. It just seems to be, you know, just when you think about it, 
it's so it's set up so nicely in in terms of the value exchange you know the the, the role of creativity and the role of art and commerce it's just a, another way of thinking about it that mm. you, you create you're creating desirable objects that have um an intrinsic value and an emotional value and it's just something you know it's not it's not you don't always get those things to line up um really really well but and and sometimes they look hokey you know um, yeah. but you, you know it's, it's, it's the marriage is really nice yeah i think you know the art has played an incredibly important role like we could have just put their logos um on a shirt but i think the art it, it's almost become this beautiful not only a beautiful tribute for these local businesses um but also a really incredible like timestamp for what we're all going through right now um yeah. like i mean one of the austin collabs has this like amazing piece of art for a brewery that's like let's have a beer when this is over um and mm -hmm. i think you know it's just like a really nice you know nod yeah. to the sense of community that was really really present during this time i think to add on that though something that i that i specifically enjoy about the collection that we've kind of released and continue to release is that the focus actually really isn't on coronavirus or staying home or whatever it is it's about the community and like you yeah. can wear it after coronavirus and no one will even know oh jeez sorry one second blowing up um no but i'll just restate that because i do think you know we see so much stuff that's like stay home stop the you know all these t-shirts telling you to stay home stay in it's cool to stay inside this is just like hey we love these places not like telling anyone to like do anything other than support their community um so these shirts are as relevant to be worn five years from now as they are yeah. tomorrow yeah. um yeah, sure. that's a special sort of twist that we don't want it to be remembered as like, oh, this was the coronavirus thing. It's like, no, 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 this is the time where everyone like showed all their support for like these places that they love. Um, yeah. And came together. Yeah. Okay, we're running, we're running into like the final, uh, final turn, about five minutes. Um, do you guys want to, do you got a shout out to anyone who hasn't got shouted out to yet? Because I mean, it seems like there's, there's a whole crew who have done amazing things. Definitely. Um, we can do some, some major shout outs. Um, major shout out, Alexa McClanahan. Major shout out, Erica Jensen. Major Jess shout Greenwood. Out, yeah, Jess Greenwood. <laughs> tell, tell, tell everyone what they do, what they've done. So you got okay. um, Jess, or uh, Alexa McClanahan's a producer. Um, she's amazing. Erica has been our, our uh, production, our print producer and, and, and t shirt producer, all that stuff, getting all the merch um, executed uh, beautifully. Um, Jess Greenwood, who's our, you know, CMO at RGA, uh, Tiff Rolf, who's our, you know, CMO, or C, uh, CCO, um, uh, Thomas Chan, and um, the rest of the incredible team, Kevin, uh, Hassan, uh, who else am I forgetting? Juliet. What's the Juliet? Oh, yeah. Juliet. Big shout out, Juliet. Um, Chloe Briscoe. <laughs> Jake. Uh, Jake. Uh, who else do we have? We have a lot. There's Blakely. a lot. Blakely. Yeah, I'm, I'm like literally on the Slack rolling through, looking at all the names. <laughs> There's, the list goes on. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's cool. It's a big list well, of twenty-one uh, members. Yeah. So, um, thank you guys so much for sharing the story. It's it's really inspirational and really awesome, and a little bit of the journey you guys have have, have been through. And mm -hmm. wish you uh, future success as this thing keeps rolling out. You know, it's going to be global by 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 Christmas. It'll be uh, it'll be global. Let's hope so. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll be over the thing and everyone will be back, you know, so hopefully it'll all end nicely. But thanks again. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Uh, I will get this, I will get this up uh, pretty quick, I hope. Yay. Awesome. Then we can listen to ourselves. <laughs> well, you can, you, can, you can share it with everyone so you know what you've been up to. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 This is your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.